Let's bow our heads tonight. Who would say, Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening, Lord. Lord, it just seems to be a special atmosphere and presence here tonight. Even as Brother Marco prayed and Brother sang, glory of God is in this place. This is the place where we feed from your word. This is where your word goes forth. The atmosphere is right and Lord Jesus, we're one day closer to your return. We want to buckle up a little tighter and look into one another's faces and thank God for your amazing grace. Thank you for a message that's come that can speak to our souls, that knows the thoughts and secrets and intents, knows what we have need of. I pray for strength tonight for every person, healing for every person. May they leave happier tonight than they came. May they leave more stronger in the Lord than when they came. There's unspoken requests. There's needs. There's some that aren't with us tonight. We pray that you would answer prayers, relieve burdens, come by their homes, their hospital rooms, their places of care, their times of need and trouble. You are never present help in the time of trouble. You are our God tonight, and we worship you. We love you. We thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. So open our eyes and our ears to what you're doing. And tonight, what your spirit would say to the church, we just want to be sensitive and yielded. Say yes, Lord, to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Tonight, can we turn to the book of Hebrews? Thank you, musicians, and all that serve the Lord. Behind the scenes and labor so we can gather like this. It's, it's, it's a blessing. I just wrote a note in the back room and I was thinking this week. There's not a lot of things in life that really bring peace and uh, gratification and comfort to the believer. Like the presence of the Lord. Just to be where he can touch us. Where his spirit can work and where his word is speaking. There's nothing like it. Do we agree tonight? I think that's why we're here and to hear this morning both of the specials and then tonight speaking about prayer and drawing close to the Lord. That's good. Hebrews chapter 1, um, verse 1 to 3. If it's okay, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. These are the scriptures Brother Branham used in a message. Christ is identified the same in all generations. 1964, Hebrews 1, verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, or that means in many parts and many places, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image, amen, of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Praise the Lord. And can we turn to chapter 13? Jesus Christ is the same in all generations. And uh, Hebrews chapter 13, Paul speaking in verse 5. 
Hebrews 13 verse 5. Let your conversation or your behavior be without covetousness. And be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Praise the Lord. Then the Lord is with us tonight. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them. This is good counsel. Remember them which have the rule over you. Who have spoken unto you the word of God. Whose faith follow. Considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday. And today. And forever. Our last verse is verse 9. Be not carried away with divers or many strange doctrines. For it is a good thing. That the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. It's good to be able to worship the Lord with you tonight. And amen. Be able to be together. So much more as we see the day approaching. Tonight, we'd like to speak on recognizing this day. And in my notes, I I capitalize this, T-H-I-S, this day, recognizing this day and what to do. And what to do. Recognizing this day and what to do. Most of you are familiar with uh, Brother Branham preaching 1964 in July, recognizing your day and its message. That would be a good message to hear uh, this week, recognizing your day and its message. But for tonight, I'd I'd like to speak on recognizing this day and what to do. So uh, as we look into the scripture and then into the message, it's it's good for us not just to look back, but to look to our day, this season. We're speaking about this day or this time that we're at even 2020 or 2020, this year, this month, this very day, to recognize it. As an individual to recognize this day and then what you're supposed to do. And as we look at this tonight, we'll just fellowship for a little while on this. Recognizing means to know and to identify. So you're recognizing your day, the hour that we're living in and to distinguish it from a past day. It's, it's to know the difference between what God did in your life maybe years ago, maybe months ago, and to be able to say, but this is today, Lord, and I need your leadership for today. And it's going beyond just the Bible days. It's going on just beyond what Brother Branham lived his life. That was his day and to know his part. And we could preach whole sermons and have weekends on recognizing the message. And I believe the bride has received our message. Can we all agree on that? There is not another message. There's not another age and there's not another prophet to come. Christ has already came. So the bride has recognized her day and its message. But tonight I'm taking it further. We're bringing it up to this year and to what you're going through now. It's important for us to recognize or understand to where you actually see it. It's not the preacher. 
It's not the pastor or the teacher or the visiting evangelist. Now it's you as a person recognizing and experiencing God in your own life. Are we all together? So let's not push it out there, shove it out there. It's recognizing our day and it includes both parts and what to do. So what to do, Lord, and, and wh- where are you going in your life, and what does the Lord have for you? That word and what to do, it's the second part of the message. It's to know what He wants done with His word in your life. Amen. Now, uh, we're focusing in tonight. I know it's Sunday night and, and busyness and things, but now it's knowing what you should do, knowing what the word would be for your life. It's to have his mind for your individual situation. So it's not just globally. We're bringing it locally and then honing in down on you, recognizing what is the mind of the Lord for your situation. It's for you and I to walk in a oneness with God. Just listen real closely. For you to walk in such a oneness with him to where him and you become one. Where it's not just a quote out of, it is the rising of the sun, she is him. But it's now Christ in you, you recognizing that it's another life. And that there's such a oneness now between you and him. And you're walking together. That's that invisible union that is between Christ and the bride that produces the perfect will of God. So now we're bringing all these messages and all the accumulations of of even what the Lord has done in our pastor's life. And what we heard this morning and what God did for him and made himself real in his life. But this generation, this is your season to recognize God in your own life. Now we're we're taking it further than just coming to church and recognizing that he's here or he's in the ministers on the platform. But now it's looking in your own life as a housewife, as a teenager, as a father. Now it's you getting a hold of God yourself. It's you wrestling it out with the angel yourself. It's you having God in your own life and having confidence that there has been an invisible union. Don't you desire that tonight? It's not a feeling. It's not just my friends. It's it's more than just my family. It's more than just the group. Now it's God and you. It's you recognizing your part in God. So tonight, I know it's Sunday night, but it's where our actions and our moves are Him. Where we recognize He is working in your life. He is walking in your life. God is dealing in your life and He's leading a people. That's what we need to recognize. So we have received the message of the hour. Let's just make it clear tonight. I'm not speaking about recognizing our day and the message God's seen in a prophet. I believe most of us here would say amen to that. But now what we're really looking to the question tonight is where do you stand in this great cycle of life? Where do you as an individual where the Holy Spirit has been faithful to spread this message around the world, fulfilling the great commission. But now we're bringing it down to where you and God are one. To where our life reflects that. Where our character reflects that from a true heart. I'm not so concerned about what happens on Sunday or Wednesday night. I believe you have good ministry. But we're speaking about Monday and Tuesday after the Sunday. Sunday. 
We're speaking about Thursday and Friday and Saturday after the Wednesday. What's going on in our private lives? What's happening in our families? Where are we really living at in our character? That's where we're honing in down. Where God can get a people that's so in one with Him. Where she is Him. Hallelujah. Is that okay tonight? Now, in the beginning of this message, Christ is identified in all generations. He was talking about the words and how we've got to know when we come to him, we've got to come with an understanding. That's the way Christ wants us to come. He said, you have to have faith in what you're doing. If you don't, you're just going to kind of be haphazard. And, And people begin to pray, well, I hope so. He said, it'll never happen. Well, well, I hope I have the Holy Ghost. I, I hope that everything's under the blood. I hope that when I get there, I'm accepted. That He said, it'll never happen. It can happen. You can't have faith if you're going like that. You must thoroughly know what you're going and know that it's going to happen. And you're positive, then it's going to happen. So tonight we're moving on a person just trying to intellectually trying to reach out and grasp for this or grasp for their healing or grasp for their loved ones. It's to where it's a revelation. It's where God himself gets inside of you and you're thinking his thoughts. You're acting his life. It's no longer you and him or twain, but now it's one. That is the faith that the message has brought to us. And now the Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brother Benham says, and we want to know how he could be and how we would recognize him if he's here just as he was in any other time. Then we'd like to know how he is recognized among us. He said, we've got to have something that we can come to, to some conclusion, or we won't know where we're going. I think he said that's the thing that would settle, that would be the word of God. And regardless of our creeds or our thoughts, the word of God ought to settle it. Amen. The word of God ought to just settle it for us. Amen. So when we look at this, our life now, it reflects our seed. When we hear the word and we go out to live our lives, our walk reflects our seed. Now, we're living in a very time of great trouble. Brother Derek sang the song that we, there's nervousness in the land, there's fear in the land, it's global where people are turning to this and turning to that, and we just turn to Christ. You know, back in Israel, I'm just quoting, Brother Branham preached in Phoenix in 63 about how Israel needed a way out of Egypt, and they wanted some way, some military strength or something to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. And God provided a prophet with the vindicated original word, Moses. So they were thinking one thing. They were thinking one way and God sent them a prophet. He said they wanted a, an army to raise up and take them out and beat the Egyptians down. But God sent them the word, the prophet with the vindicated word that God had spoke to Abraham. Thy seed so sojourn in a strange land, but I'll visit them with a mighty hand. Let's not look back tonight. God has visited us in our day. He's brought us out with a mighty hand. But we're not in Egypt and we're not wandering in the wilderness. We've got to be a people that's possessing our land. We came out for a purpose. 
That's the go into. So it's now recognizing our day and what we need to do. He's continuing on to say, they were crying for a deliverer and God sent them a prophet with the word. God had a provided way to tell the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. Today it's the same. That's why I made that statement. Our walk reflects our seed. God has provided a message to tell the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. Do you remember back in Egypt's day how God was sending plagues? How many remember that? God was sending plagues out there and Brother Branham said some of them said, well, if the plague falls, we'll just go to the hospital. If the plague happens to fall, you know what we'll do? We'll go get Dr. Jones and he'll know how to take care of it. Brother Branham said it didn't work. Yet they were very smart. And they said, well, if the plague falls, we'll just go down beneath the ground in a cave and shut the door down. Brother Branham said, that won't do it one bit of good. They said, we'll stay in the house and put a mask over our face and put some disinfect on it. He said, it didn't do a bit of good. God made a provided way and it was the blood. Tonight, the bride has the blood. Here's a prophet coming right down in 1963. It was like he could have said that tonight. We need that blood. We have that blood. We've got to recognize our day and now what to do. And we're not under fear tonight. The bride doesn't operate by phobia. We operate by what the word has said. So sometimes we need services just to blow out all the flues. Because what the world is telling us and what's going on out there, it's a whole nother realm in the presence of God. This is where faith is. This is where anything can happen. And last Sunday we spoke on Ananias and Sapphira and about how the young men had to carry out a a brother and a sister. We would have called them in the message in the church. They physically took them out and buried them. But today, it's not so much natural death we're seeing. It's spiritual death. Let's get our minds right away on spiritual things. It's spiritual death where men and women can hear the word, be under the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost, and walk in and walk out. Walk in and walk out, and yet death has already gripped over their soul. I'm thankful for a message, and for a blood, and for a repentance. Are we thankful for a token? That is the blood that is our provided way. God provided it. I'm just continuing on. As simple as it seemed to take the blood of a lamb and sprinkle the door. Yet God said that was his way and he honored it. All out from under the blood died the firstborn. In desperation, when Brother Branham talked about the father looking out the window and just perspiring and, and, and you, we would say maybe nervous and what are you all burdened about and maybe the children asking why. It, it wasn't because he was just humanly nervous. He wasn't being controlled by fear, but he just wanted to make sure everything was right. And tonight, that's where the bride's focus ought to be on a Sunday night. Lord, we're just making everything ready because we're about to leave this world. But let's take all of these things down personal. It's important that we recognize or know or understand this day, our time, personally. 
and what to do personally within our lives. Now, in recognizing your day and its message, this was a morning service in 1964. Brother Branham is speaking, and and the Sunday before, he had spoken on the Feast of the Trumpets. Just settle into the Word tonight. As Brother Marco said, we're here to feast off the Word. Just the Sunday before, he had spoke on the Feast of the Trumpets. And he said, I want to call your attention about this in the time of Israel as God's timepiece. And I want you to realize and recognize the time that we're living. We, we're just about to run out, as you see. And then by this, you should know the very hour and time and sign and message that you are to receive. Then he starts talking about last Sunday, Feast of the Trumpets, and how we'd been speaking of the, the last trumpets of the Bible and me and myself. I thought they would break forth just like the seven seals. Do you remember he was actually went down with Billy to try to get the Parkview Junior High so they could go day after day after day? But then he said he went into his room and the Holy Spirit revealed to him that he'd already preached the, the trumpets under the seals. So he wasn't going to have seven days in a row like the seven uh, seven seals. Then he talks about the seven church ages and how they were so perfectly. The Holy Spirit, he said, uh, came down among us and vindicated it. Put it on the papers. Throwed it out across the nation. Throwed it in the moon and the heavens. And proved it to us weeks and months before it happened. And just the way it would be perfectly. And here in the tabernacle, he made it known. Do you remember he came down in the Branham tabernacle and and the Lord wrote on the back wall exactly what Brother Branham had on the chart, on the platform. The, The hand came out and wrote it out on the back wall. Literally, before hundreds of witnesses. He said how in the tabernacle he made it known in the time and he made it known in the moon and sun he made it known in the position of the nations he made it known in the hierarchy of Rome left and went back to Palestine supposedly had been the first pope since uh, they claim he goes on to talk about this. Then we see before the seven seals hid all the mysteries. Watch Brother Branham me not knowing what I was drawing on the board for the church ages. I never God knows just by vision I drawed it. Not knowing that God a year and six months later was going to vindicate it in the skies by the moon and slip it across the national papers. I didn't know that. Here's a prophet being honest. But now the Lord Jesus was saying, this is the time I'm going to reveal it. It was just step after step. Step after step, and he admitted, me not knowing, and, and he goes on to say, I didn't know that. I didn't know that there would be a mysterious blackout on the moon to represent this Laodicea age. And he says, he goes on to talk about, if you would notice the spiritual application, God set it in the heavens. And there I set, set it here on earth. I left just a little bitty space. As you see, just a little tiny bit of light. Now, if you have your church age book or want to look at it, Brother Branham made the last age with just a little sliver of light there. How many remember that? But he said that was just before the very elected was to be called from the earth is the reason I placed it there for the seventh age. But this is what he says. But when God put it in the heavens, it was totally blacked out. 
I'm going to repeat that. When God put it in the heavens, it was totally blacked out. It means maybe the last one is called from that Laodicea age. We don't know. So Brother Branham put a little sliver of grace in there. But when God put it in the heavens, it was totally blacked out. Friends, everything outside of this message is just blacked out. Tonight, we unequivocally, we should be able to say we have recognized our day and its message. But now God's honing it down closer for our young people, for the middle aged, for the older. We must recognize our day, our individual day and our season and what to do and how to do it. Now, when we speak about this tonight, just to maybe bring it into focus tonight, when we speak about our day, I'm not going to speak about 1906 or 1909. I'm not going to hone in on that. I'm not going to speak about 1946, even though we could, or 1956, when America rejected the word. We're not going to speak about 1963 and 1965 and just, just point on that tonight. We've recognized God sent a message. I'm not going to speak about 1970 or 1977, which was huge in the message. People that had heard the word, 1977 was huge because they thought the Lord was going to come. And so many that had sold their houses or went out and bought things and they even married people thinking, well, the Lord's going to come. And when 1978 rolled around, they realized we got to go on. Are we all together? They didn't recognize. So, but tonight I'm not focusing in on that or 1980, what was happening in the message or 1990 or 2000 and Y2K. Who here remembers where you were in 2000? You that are 20, 30 older. Absolutely. I remember where I was and you know, people thinking, oh, everything's going to end and it's all going to be over and planes are going to crash and computers are going to crash and 2000, Y2K. I'm not going to speak about 2005. 2009, what happened, even locally, or 2010, that was another day. I'm not going to speak about 2015 or even 2019. We must recognize in 2020, this is our day. This is our season. And it's very important that we catch what God is doing now. What is the will of God for now? How should we handle ourselves now? And what we're going to look at a little later is Brother Branham talked about people living in the glare of another age. They can so describe and so bring to the people another time, a past age, another season, and even make it so real. But we're in this season. We've got to leave this encounter tonight and say, Lord, help me to know what you want done in my life. To recognize our season and our day. And what does the Lord want to do in your life? You say, what you should do. That's the last part of our service title. Some would answer, well, what should you do? And we could take whole services on that. You say, just surrender. You know, you just need to recognize your day and just surrender. Or just yield. Just yield to the Lord. Or some would say, well, just feed off of the word. That's what you need to do, brother. Just Stay in a godly atmosphere. And all these things are true. We've got to find our place and our season and then what to do. You say, well, be under a good ministry. Well, that's why we're here. Read your Bible. 
Pray every day. Eat the book. Eat the messages. Say, that's what we need to do. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm taking it beyond that tonight. It is what does God want in this harmony with you and Him? What does He want to do now? All of these things are important. And as believers, we should do them every day. But it's focusing on He is the head. We are the body. And walking together with Him. Let's turn to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. Don't have a lot of scriptures tonight. In fact, this is our last one that we'd like to turn to, have us turn to. So when I read it this week, I thought it would be good to share this as we recognize this day and what to do. Say, what should I do in this situation? Well, go to the Lord and ask him. You say, well, I think that's what the ministry is supposed to do. They're supposed to tell me. No, that's not what we're called to do. We're here to preach the word. We're here to feed off the word and go into the land and bring back fruits. And as the believers feed off of that and the believer, if we believe the message and the word, even that we heard this morning, there's a body that's operating. So you feed off of the word, you feed off of Christ, then you go do what God is leading you to do. And if it is the Holy Spirit, it won't be contrary to the word. That's what's very serious. Psalms chapter 71. Are we doing okay tonight? In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Now, if you were in your private devotion, you might just stop there and say, yes, Lord, I put my trust in you. Take this confusion out of my heart, out of my my whole situation. I commit to you. Deliver me in thy righteousness And cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation. Whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked. Out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. Verse 5. For thou art my hope. O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. It was like David was giving this testimony. Thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. What wonderful scriptures. Praise his name. I am as a wonder among unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Is that what the Bible says? I want to bring your attention to verse 5, how David was speaking about the hope of the Lord and his trust from my youth. And then verse 9 says, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. The word of God has something for all of us. From our youth, middle aged or old age, God is with us. 
And I just thought it was so wonderful how David could identify with his youth. But he also was coming in verse 9 and didn't want to be cast off in the time of old age or feel worthless. Or it's like I have nothing to do and I, I need to fulfill something. I need to be active. David was recognizing Lord, don't cast me off in the time of old age and forsake me not when my strength faileth because there will come a time when our strength begins to fail. And David had a desire. And I think it's good for us tonight, whether you're young or whether you're old, to know that our strength cometh from the Lord. But it's important to recognize our day, whether we're a youth, middle-aged or older, To recognize our day and what to do. Let's just skip down to save some time in verse 16. Psalm 71 verse 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast been, thou hast taught me from my youth. And here too have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray headed. O God forsake me not. Until I have showed thy strength. Unto this generation. And thy power to everyone that is to come. Here's David. Knowing that from a youth, from a little shepherd boy, God was with him. And he was saying in verse 17, God, thou hast taught me from my youth. And verse 18, now also when I am old and gray headed, oh God, forsake me not. It's the same thought. Lord, don't cast me aside. Don't forsake me. You are my inspiration. You are my comfort. You are my health. You know, when people are young, they can almost, I'm going to say this lightly, but seriously, it's almost like they don't need God. They got their health. They got their strength. They can make decisions. They can go places. But as they begin to walk through life and mature, they find out very quickly, people need the Lord. And that's general. But it's got to come down, I need the Lord. We need the Lord. Our family, our marriage, our church. Now you're honing in. You're recognizing this day. You know, we're reading out of Psalm 71, but it's 2020. He's still our God. And I was, when I was reading this, I thought for all of us in verse 17, God has taught us from our youth. Hasn't he been so wonderful? Even this morning, as Brother Biscoll just said kindly, and I, it's nice to see you, Sister Deborah. I was thinking of you this morning. Brother Biscoll was mentioning Brother uh, Brother Branham and how he spoke so kindly of the natives and and of that uh, that group of people. It speaks of leadership and how those under our message ought to have the same kindness toward every culture. We're not prejudiced. We're not against people for this. And just because of this, friends, this message has come for a a global revival. In fact, I wrote in my notes, Lord, help us to be more kind. You say that's not deep in this generation. That's very deep. The world is so cruel and against and opposite. 
The Lord is our kindness. David was saying from a youth, you have taught me to be this certain way. But then he said in verse 18, I hope this is okay. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, oh God, forsake me not. He recognized his day and where he was living and where he needed to go. He wasn't making an excuse for his age. He was standing and saying, we had the Lord and we have the Lord. When I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation. I believe it's in every son or daughter of God to just keep pushing. Keep serving God. You want to do as much as you can for God. That's why it's very difficult to ask a soldier to lay down his sword. It's like we'd rather die with the sword in our hand than give it up. But it's important to recognize our day and what we need to do. Now, Brother Branham preached several other messages. And I'm just going to move along because of Sunday night and and people's tiredness. But he also spoke hearing, recognizing, and acting on the Word of God. It's another good message. And in this message, this is important for tonight. He's speaking out of Romans 9, 11, where the children not being yet born, neither have done any good or evil. That the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Now, how many believe the word of God? I'm going to speak about Jacob and Esau, but I'm going to bring it quickly into the token. I'm going to bring it quickly into how we ought to be believing today. Recognizing this day and what we need to do. Brother Branham, in hearing recognizing and acting, is quoting Romans 9, 11, and 12. It was said... Uh, Unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. And, And Brother Branham goes on to give his title, hearing, recognizing, and acting on the word of God. Now, he's just opening the service. He said, we see in these two sons, Jacob and Esau, that when they, before they were even born, they were at war with one another. Even though their virgin mother, how many remember Rebecca married Isaac? How many remember that? Then you have, then you have Jacob and Esau. Even though their virgin mother, and Brother Brown said she was a virgin, the beautiful Rebecca that married the righteous seed of God's promise, Isaac, they were two consecrated, spirit-filled believers on God, foreordained to the very marriage that they united Together by God foreknew it. And how could such a thing come through that one mother and one father? One a very evil person and another a very good person. How that the good person looked to be the evil and the evil looked to be the good. He said that always has been and always will be God's program. God cannot change his program because he makes his program perfect. It's a part of him. And we believe that tonight. How out of a righteous father and mother could you have an evil person and a righteous person? He goes on to say, these two sons, it is strange to know that when they were born of the same seed from Isaac, which was the promise, and the first son, Esau, that was born, we found out that not only were they fussing and fighting in the womb of their mother, but they came out fighting. 
Esau coming forth and Jacob grabbing a hold of his heel. And they are still fighting. He says how that it could come from that perfect, pure, elected, holy, consecrated father and mother. He said because God calls by election. It must be, no matter how good your father or your mother was, or how nice they was, how much Christians your father and mother was, it still lays in you, as an individual, your standing before God. This is very important that this be spoken tonight. It's going to help parents, but it should help every individual. It's God that elects who is going to be his bride. He said this lesson teaches that both the children, they were even by the elected, called of God, father and mother, virgin woman and holy man, who finally was to bring forth his seed through Jesus Christ. He was tested and his father before him and he was promised through the seed of Isaac that the whole world would be saved. How many remember when they went down to that Philistine uh, king there and, and God was so uh, adamant about the seed uh, being uh, saved? That, that How many remember that? And God spoke to that king and said, don't touch her. God was preserving the seed. You remember, Brother Bam said, God plagued that man's house and said, you're as good as, a, as one dead. Holding that bloodstream pure. And Rebecca, a righteous, holy, God sent, God called mother. And from that holy seed come forth a renegade, a renegade and a believer. So it lays within God's callings and God's election. Before either was born, God said, I love Jacob and hate Esau. Before they was born. So he said. How we ought. How ought we to feel. Someone has God. uh, Who has God speaks to you. And invites you to come to his table. And comes to his home. To be his son or daughter. There's nothing so great as that. I say amen to that. If God calls you to be his son. Or his daughter. I'd grab right a hold of that. He goes on to say the nature These two boys, if we'd watch their nature, one of them was a spiritual man, and that was Jacob. And the carnal man was Esau, and yet they were both religious. And that same thing, he said, has taken place all down through the age, the carnal and the spiritual. Esau represented the man of the earth, natural, religiously inclined, but never able. It wasn't in him to do it. He couldn't do it. He never was in him to be able to climb past the things of the world, the carnal things. But Jacob, it was just so easy for him to do it. One purpose that Jacob had, and that was he longed for that birthright. No matter how he got it, he just had to get it. And that's evidence of a seed of God. They love the birthright. Now, he continues on, and I know this is a little bit laborious. I could have put it on the screen, but just follow along. That spirit of that one birth is still represented, he said, in the world today. And it's coming to a head now. The spiritual believer and the carnal believer. No man could say they wasn't both religious. They were. And they didn't say that one served an idol and the other served God. They were both servants of God. And he goes on to say, pay, pay close attention to the scriptures on this subject, and I'm sure it'll help you. Not in everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, will enter in, but the one that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And that's you. 
there's something in you that just craves the will of God. I'm just skipping down here. He said, Jacob means supplanter or deceiver. That was his first name that meant supplanter, deceiver. But after finding and coming into the possession of the birthright, he was changed. That's the carnal changed. He was then called Jacob, a prince with God who's wrestled with him. Now, the carnal believer today, oh, as long as I go to church and do what's right, what difference does it make? That's Esau's group. He makes fun and he despises the birthright. He doesn't care for it, but Jacob loved it. You know, we can have that in 2020, even in our church. People despise that. They don't want a move of God and a spirit comes on them. They become hostile against the message. They become hostile against you. Be careful, friends. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is always moving a believer toward repentance, toward the Holy Ghost. Thank God for that tonight. He said it's the only thing that matters to them is just get that birthright. That's what they're interested in. He said, now don't blame the people. They can't help it. They were predestinated to that. They were elected to that. God help us tonight to be led by the Holy Ghost. I just took a big leap, but I pray for all of you that is seed of God. There's already something in you that is stimulated by the word of God. And people that are just stimulated by worldly things and carnal things, and that's the way they lean. Friends, if I was you, I would lean closer to Christ. Let's just take a little turn for just a moment. It's just kind of sobering, maybe serious thought. An individual could actually recognize the moving of the Holy Spirit in a past season. They could actually recognize the word for another season. Maybe describe it. Maybe put it out so clearly. Can't you see how the Holy Spirit moved there? What he did for that person. But then miss what God is doing now. And that will not produce life today. That's why it's so important to hear what the Spirit would say now. In 2020. I'm not focusing on back when you gave your heart to the Lord or you repent and now it's been 10 years, 20 years. It's what is God doing now? You could have been faithful then and God bless you. But we're looking to tonight. Recognizing this day. Being sensitive now. Knowing what God wants with his word now. So important today, friends. When we speak about I'm just using Brother Branham's language. The glare of another age. Another time. Or a past era. That was a light that shone for that day. And let me just stop right here and make something very clear. There's not going to be another message for the bride than what we've already received. There's no preacher you need to follow. There's no internet uh, church somewhere you need to tap into and hear their weekly services. There's no newsletters or email lists. There's no cell phone you need to have in your cell phone. And that's your connection with God. You must have God yourself. And wrestle it out and say, I have met Jesus Christ. 
I go to church to feed off the word. I, I love the family of God. We pray for healing. We pray for deliverance. But it's God's will to be done. So let us not be guilty of recognize what happened God did in the past. And then be falling all over and stumbling over what he wants to do now. It's called a glare of another age. Let me just read to you out of Los Angeles, looking to the unseen. When Brother Branham was talking about, do you remember those geese that had went off and flew off uh, to England? He he said, uh, these geese, uh, they they kept going back and forth and, and one kept calling, calling. But he was so far off until he flew all the way to England and many of them perished in their going. He talked about how every year it was in those geese in the fall of the year they would swarm and they would get all together. They're ready for a revival, but they don't know which way to go. They've been led so far off the track till they can't find their way back again. It's because of leadership. It's because of someone saying, let's go here. And they all follow. They went over to England, yet it's in their heart to swarm. And we want to go somewhere and we want something to happen. But let's bring it spiritual because Brother Brennan brought it spiritual into the church. And talking about how people would follow after this and follow after that. They are so far off the track till they can't find their way back again. And it's so easy to put it way out there. But we're, we're bringing it down here tonight to you and I as a person. A person can get so far down a track, so in a mess and things happen in their lives, they can't find their way back. Tonight we need to grab a hold of that calling and that election and say, God, you know what I need in my life. And if you're at any level of leadership or influence with someone else, then you're responsible to do the right thing. Be a leader. Do the right thing. And sometimes that's to admit, I am wrong. Get us back up on track. And the rejected king, Brother Branham was talking about it. It was Brother Gene. uh, I think it was Gene Goad that brought it to him. It was a magazine of those geese. And how they had a leader. And they had picked him to be a leader. And here some time ago, a bunch of them, they didn't know where he was going and didn't know his directions and his instinct wasn't just right. He flew a bunch of geese all the way to England. They'd never been able to come back. Their nature is to migrate every year and they just get together and squawk and holler and carry on over there in England and they don't know how to get back home. He say, oh, that's a funny story. It's very sad when you have individuals that go after this and run after that and then maybe years go by i'm speaking about marriages or speaking about a brother that just bounces around here and there and then wonders why his young ladies and young girls grow up to be haphazard too it's a time that the fathers this is the token i'm preaching the token tonight that they recognize their day their season and literally Apply the word to their own families. Brother Branham brought this right back to Jeffersonville in the message guide and talked about that and how they had to know and follow. 
He didn't know where he was going. Talking about that leadership. They went over there and they couldn't get back. But now I'm just going to end this thought on in the individual hearts of all of those geese that had followed. They still swarmed. So it's amazing how people can get all excited and get all this and go after that and think that it's the blessing of God and they can grow and raise families and they can all swarm and swarm and let's have a singing, let's have a this, let's have a gathering. But this is our day. This is our season. What is God leading you to do in your life? He said they swarmed around and around in England and they don't know how to get back. And he talks about how people would have a swarm and, and a big protractive meeting and a revivalist come along and preach a while, but you don't know where you're going. He's talking about individuals that they can have a protractive meeting, say, we need a revival. We need something to happen. But when it comes down to the end, they don't know where they're going. They don't know God's leadership for their life. They, they don't know how to pray and what do I do? That's when an end of, the only thing that we need is the blood and the spirit of God to lead the bride of Christ. He takes the message that he's already brought and he'll lead you into a rapture. Friends, we're not going to make it without the message. And you're not babes in Christ. And we're not little kindergarten children around the throne of God. I'm not speaking on recognizing your day and its message. Tonight I'm speaking on recognizing this day and what we need to do. Specifically, that means the individual being sensitive to God. Now, we're, we're actually doing pretty good nearing the end of the service. Isn't that wonderful? Everybody doing all right? Amen. I got one over here. Amen. How many knows what a mirage is? Mirage is where you look out over the road or look out over the sand and it looks like there's water coming up. You, you see this in warmer climates and you that have traveled and you go up and around and you look out and there's like a mirage coming up. Brother Branham talked about this, how when people get to that state and they get anxious and they, they're looking for answers and they want to know direction and they get to that state, he said, the devil begins to show you mirages. And he said, you know what a mirage is? Did you ever go down the road and look and see the sun shining on the road? It looks like a lot of water. How, how many knows what I'm talking about? It looks like a lot of water. He said, it'll fool you. And he talked about a bunch of geese coming from Canada or ducks, and they seen one of these mirages on the road, and they fell in the road, and they all bursted open. And they thought it was water. So it goes back to their thoughts. You say, this is safe. This is what we need to do. And, and they all landed, and they all bursted. It was a mirage. And he said, oh, the devil's got many a pitfall for the people. It looks like it. I've seen people thirsting where they'd run into these places and fall into them and think they was in water. And it looks like a big running water and throw sand upon their head thinking it's water. And it's nothing but hot burning sand. Now, now this part of the service is a warning. People can run after this job or run after this certain hobby or they can spend maybe months or years of their strength when they should be giving it to the word and asking what God would have for them and they end up, it just bursts apart. It's just a mirage. And you and I would probably think it's funny 
Maybe going to Arizona and, uh, and, and to Africa and people sitting in the middle of the sand just throwing sand on their face. You'd probably say they lost their mind. You'd say, what happened to that person? They lost their way. And they know this is water. This is water. Isn't this so good? And you say, they have lost their way. I remember some years ago, Brother West might remember this. And I remember being in a certain place and there was a brother that was in the church and he, you know, you can put yourself into a room and think you're getting close to God and I'm just going to get alone and get with God and I'm just going to be this certain way and you're not eating and you're not drinking and pretty soon you start getting hysteria. You start seeing things and this poor brother started foaming at the mouth and started being in a certain way. You know, people can lean and you can say, oh, that's spiritual. Oh, the sister. Oh, that brother. And, and they lean toward dreams or certain visions or God told them, Be careful. Because the result of their walk or what happens after shows whether that was God or not. And friends, this isn't the time to get yourself all crashed up and say, well, I'm just trying to seek this and we're going to do this and make sure it's the will of God. It's recognizing your season. It's having understanding about where you need to go or what we need to do. I, I wrote in my in my office this week, just a note on my desk. I wait until I know what he thinks and what he desires for the specific situation. I wait until I know what he thinks and what he desires for that Specific situation. You say, well, Brother John, I'm past that. I mean, we're up to decision time. We're up to a time where something needs to be done and I need to go a certain way or something needs to happen. I'll just leave it right there because the Holy Spirit knows exactly what he wants done in your life. Because knowing the word today is more than just quoting the word. It's more than just repeating favorite passages. Are we together? You say, I know the word, or I know it's more than just repeating and saying key phrases in the Bible or in the message. The devil's not afraid of that. He's afraid of a son or daughter of God where it's Christ speaking through them. It's more than just having favorite quotes that you like and centering your life all around that and just repeating that and just saying that. And friends, it can be intellectual. And don't think that I'm being contradictory. I'm saying for you, there has to be where the Holy Spirit says that thing. Where it's the Holy Spirit saying, this is what we need to do. Friends, it must be the mind of Christ for today. It's what he wants now where you and I'm, I'm just going into a channel here where you step into a channel of divine inspiration where the pulsation of the Holy Spirit brings it to pass. You know, I was thinking on Friday as I was preparing this about Hattie Wright and how she was in that room. And this might bless some of you how she was in that room and message of grace. Brother Branham talks about Hattie Wright and how she asked for her two children for the salvation of her two children and, and and how these two children were. And he said, I give you your children in the name of Jesus. And they fell right across her lap.
How many remember Brother Ed Dalton? Brother Branham spoke, it would be a wonderful little study for you as he talked about Brother Ed Dalton in the message. He was a Baptist uh, man that began to hear the message and Brother Branham talked to him and he would come to some service and then he just, I'll just read a couple of these things. He said, Ed Dalton, a Baptist sitting back there from in Kentucky, sitting right there. How many children you got? Twelve children. I told you I was going to get into the token. Here it is. Standing right here, he asked for his children. And I walked out of the building. And Ed come to me and I said, Ed, the Holy Spirit was on me and said, give it to him, give him. And I said, I give you your children. And every one of them saved and baptized. And there was his teenager sitting at home waiting and crying has been saved since he was up here. He said, how wonderful that he is when he speaks. I'm asking him now for his glory to show himself that he's Christ, that I'm telling you the truth. In another message, he said, Ed Dalton, seeing that I'm saying this for a reason. He was praying for his children and he got outside and he turned back around and the Holy Spirit said, speak for Ed's children. And I said, Brother Dalton, the Holy Spirit tells me by that same gift that we're looking to be perfectly manifested. I give you your children in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he got home, it's a Baptist person. But he believed the word. And it was the Holy Spirit spoke to Brother Branham, said, go tell him. And Brother Branham, I give you your children. I give you your children in the name of Jesus Christ. And when he got home, his son and daughter had already given their hearts to Christ just a few miles down the country from me. And I think every one of your children is saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right, Brother Dalton? Is there any of them with you? One daughter. Oh, was that the one that was saved right away then? The oldest daughter was saved the next morning. And every one of his children is saved. When God says anything, he keeps his word. Now, how could I have saved those children? Now, watch this. Brother Branham is saying, how could I have saved those children? It isn't. If it's not your own words, if it isn't your own thinking, if it's ever what's inspiring you, if it's God, then it's God's word. So you can see in these meetings and see what things are happening. That's not me. I couldn't do that. It's God doing that. If you'll just believe it, then all you have to do is just believe it. How many believe that tonight? Now, yesterday I followed up with a person that's related to the, to the Dalton family. And all 12 of those children received the message and walked in the light of this word. So it's not just that they were saved. But they received the message. That's key. We can apply the loved ones and we in our house shall be saved. But for them to believe the message and be bride, that's God's choice. And I don't want to be negative or sound opposite, but Hattie Wright's sons, I believe they were saved. I believe they will be saved. I believe on that great day, they, they are saved and will be saved. But if you'd ask the question, did they go on to receive the message and believe like you and I do? The question is no. Oh, so you say, wow, what's different? They are saved. 
But now that seed of God, whether they're part of the bride, that's God's choice. And the individual now makes that choice manifested by how they live their lives. Friends, I think we ought to believe for you and your house shall be saved. Hallelujah. God gave you your children and they shall be saved. I just think it's a great testimony for the Dalton family to have 12 of their children all be saved. And then when I followed up yesterday, they said all of the children believe the message and have gone on to serve the Lord in the light of this word. That's incredible. You say, well, that's not my family or that's not how it is. Friends, I'm giving you a testimony. God's word is true. You just manifest that you're a son or daughter of God. God, by finding in your day and in your season, you believe the word. You know, in the message, Queen of the South, Brother Branham was talking about Brother Dalton. I just have a couple more things to say before we close. And he said, Brother Dalton, I want to say something. I'm expecting Brother Dalton. He was talking about the squirrels and the new ministry and Sister Hattie Wright. He said, he's standing here at the church and his children and teenage, they were reckless as could be. And we'd been praying for his children. And all at once, that same Jehovah Jireh turned around. And I said, I give you your children in the name of Jesus Christ. And every one of them is saved now. This is another message. He just keeps referring back to it. Every one of them saved. And he said, there's, there's a, and he had the brother stand. There's a Kentucky Baptist preacher with the Holy Ghost. You know, Hattie Wright had a great desire. It wasn't money or it would have dropped into her lap. Let's bring it down to tonight. You say, recognizing this day, and there's a lot of maybe needs among us financially, but there should be a greater desire in all of our hearts that that those around us are saved. She was a poor sister. The Mosier family, the Wright family. Brother Branham had money in his pocket to give back to her. So it wasn't money. It wasn't just for the health of her family. She had a crippled a relative. Her mother and dad was there. She even asked Brother Branham, what, what should I ask for? And Brother Branham said, you've got an old father and mother. You've got a crippled sister. She's been sitting in the chair. You could ask for her. You could ask for your mother, your father. You're poor. You don't have any money. Ask what you want. She said, well, I don't know what to ask. Said, I just don't know. But she said, my greatest desire is the salvation of my two boys. And immediately, Brother Branham said, I said, I give you your boys in the name of Jesus Christ. And they're both converted, loves the Lord Jesus, has been baptized in his name. Thank the Lord for that inspiration. Let me just say something about that mirage. Don't let the devil make something look so good and you follow after it and crash up somewhere. In communion, Brother Branham said, out in the deserts and men have lost their lives and things from thirst. I could tell you stories of, he said how the devil gives you a mirage. You've seen them. You don't want to go west. He said, you see them. You go down the road. It looks like there's water down the road. Every one of you seen that and drove on the highway. That's a false mirage. And maybe some, the Lord's just going to help somebody here. A false mirage. 
Here some time ago, three or four years ago, he talks about those ducks flying across the country. They've seen a mirage and they fell on the road thinking they were hitting the water and they just disintegrated. Hit the hard road. They thought they were landing on water. It was a mirage. And I was just thinking about that when someone feeds on things of fantasy through the week. They can hear the message, hear the word, be in good meetings. But then through the week, they're feeding off a fantasy. They're feeding off imagination. They're feeding off things they aren't not to. That will lead a person to live a false, fake life. And it's not real. They live a life before the believers. They can sing. They can shout. They can raise their hand. They can say, I I love the Lord. But if through the week they're feeding off of fantasy, it's a false life. Don't be disintegrated. And even on, you'd say on the positive. Now I'm, I'm closing. Because a person could say, well, Brother John, but I have good desire. And, I ha- and this is recognizing your day and its message. Where Brother Branham was saying, everyone is complaining and ministers crying. It's in the papers. And Brother and Sister Her- uh, Moore and the Herald of His Coming. And, and they won't print anything unless it's fast, pray, fast, pray, sound a trumpet. And he says, how many reads it? You see it all the time. Fast pray, fast pray. It's all you hear. Fast pray. We're going to have a great breaking of the day. There's a great something going to happen. And they, they're getting people to look for another day. He said, why do they do that? Why do they do that? They want a great awakening. They're crying and believing that there will be an awakening. They're good people. But what have they done? They have not recognized the awakening of the bride. Good people. Say, just let's do this. Let's do that. Let's sounds like the the firefighters squirt a little water over here. Squirt a little. They had good desire. It had good intent, but they weren't trained by the word. Brother Branham said they have not recognized the awakening of the bride. And by being a Christian, they feel the pull of the hour, but they haven't recognized what's been done. And that's what's making them feel that way. They know something is supposed to happen, but they're looking for it way off in the future to come when it's already happened right by you. Friends, could it be possible that today God is revealing himself to you this day for you to go a certain thing or do a, that's God's will for your life? Can you take that? Lord, help us to recognize our day. Help us to recognize this day and what to do in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's the same in every generation. Find your place and go do it. So now it's not babying around and and, and just babying everyone, but it's now individuals fighting their way. I'm the seed of God. Be like Jacob. I'm going to wrestle and grab a hold of this, Lord. Getting serious. Getting sober. It's amazing how people can find God's will and the musicians can come. Find God's will for everyone else's life. And they're stumbling around themselves. They just don't know. They don't know what to do. And then they can just describe everyone what they ought to do. Friends, it's time that individually we find our day, our season, and what to do. And it's not a great mystery. You say, well, it's, it's just all a mystery. No, life isn't all a mystery. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. He reveals the mysteries. 
say, well, let's go read the seventh seal book. No, it's you finding God's will for your life and going and doing that. And I would go listen to the seventh seal. Don't get me wrong. But it's in the word that you find your place. And the Holy Spirit can anoint you. Don't follow after mirages. Are we all okay tonight? Don't follow after somebody that say, oh, let's go here. Let's go there. And swarming around. You follow the Holy Spirit. Let that be a great encouragement tonight as we stand tonight. Glory to God. We are the generation. We are the consummation. Final voice the world will hear. We are the generation. say well it goes without saying who wants to recognize your day we want to recognize our day this day spoke about Esau and Jacob and if you want to follow that through even into Moses and under Moses ministry many were saved and called out and came out under that first token and many died in the wilderness they couldn't go all the way under that Joshua and Caleb spirit. So they came out under Moses' ministry. They were saved. They were called out. But it was that Joshua and Caleb group that inherited the promise. And that's the group that the bride is part of. That's the positive. If you want to read Judges, it talks about another generation that came up that didn't know the Lord. Yet their mommy or their daddy could have came out under the token. They say, we believe the promise. Let's go into our land. But individually, we've got to go into our land. And tonight's service has been for us in 2020 to recognize we've received a message. But it's not good enough to just leave it out there broad and It's to hone it on down for you, for your house, recognizing this day and what we need to do. Don't die in the wilderness somewhere. Don't drown out there somewhere and you find your place. And I mentioned the word hostile. If you if you listen to recognizing your day and its message brother Branham talked about people in the ages they get hostile against those that are 
finding their place. Even Jesus, they got hostile against him. You find it in Noah's day. And he said the reason people in Noah's day did not get in the ark is because they never recognized the message. Or the message. Messenger. That's the only reason they perished is because they didn't recognize the hour that they were living. They didn't recognize that God would deal with sin as he promised he would. And here we are today. God dealing with the bride in a certain way. I just pray he bless each one of you as we bow our heads tonight. Lord Jesus, we are blessed people. Here, Lord, now this message can go throughout the whole world and the languages and the individuals labored and worked to get into every tongue. Now we have men and women rising up. Pray that your anointing would be upon every seed, every elect seed, upon every family, those that are even within our church and those that have heard these things this morning and today that we would follow on and in maturity. Recognizing this hour and this season and what they need to do. Housewives would recognize it. Fathers would recognize it. Young people, older ones. From our youth you have taught us these things. And even as years have gone by and elders now have carried this torch for many years. Help us now to recognize this day and this season and this time that we're living now and what we need to do. Bless your people, Lord. May there be healing this week. Even last week, I'm sure if we talked to each one of the ministers, they've prayed for ones privately or been to certain places. You have done miracles this past week. You have done great things this past week, Lord. And oftentimes we don't speak about them publicly or make loud declarations but you are answering prayers just a couple Wednesday nights ago brother Michael Ray and I prayed for several individuals and within 24 hours two of the individuals came back with testimonies Lord even this week Lord you could speak to the different ones and God is answering he's moving there's things happening within our lives Lord and we want to see more of it Lord Jesus Even today, hearing from Brother Ron Spencer and Brother Andrew, his son. Them thanking the church for their prayers, Lord. Others are going through valleys and times of decision. We pray that you would bless the bride globally and locally, Lord. That we would have strength and have faith. Put words within our mouths what we should be praying for and asking you for. And Lord, put it within our thoughts, Lord, what to do in certain situations that are so delicate, that seem so on the edge as it was. And many times we wonder, is that the Holy Spirit or is that our own thoughts? Or is that another influence in our lives? Lord, may you come this week clear cut. And give men and women the answers and speak, Lord Jesus, through our lips. We heard this morning that we are the body of Jesus Christ. We are temples and dwelling places. So, Lord, would you manifest it literally this week. Encourage us as we humbly submit to one another and to your word. That we be more sensitive to one another and to the needs, Lord. That we would just... Be quiet when we need to be quiet and speak when we need to speak. And may there be a great anointing of faith within our lives, Lord, we pray. Go with us now. 
We thank you, Lord, for this generation that you've called us to be faithful in. In Jesus' name. We are the generation.